Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Has he always been like that consistent guy that he comes in no matter what, win or lose, and he's the same? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> Zim, when we lose, he is pissed off. And like he's he's mad when we win, but like he's really mad when we lose. So uh, he's definitely not consistent with that. Like he's gonna he's gonna bring it when we lose. Like that's why losing uh, losing sucks in this league because uh, uh, you know you're gonna get it uh, uh, on that Monday after you lose. <laughs> Adam Thielen uh, on the on the Pat McAfee show there, and that's uh, remind me the linebacker guy there. AJ I, Hawk. I, AJ Hawk. You're playing Ohio State, right? Yeah. Former Packer. Not Iowa. Greenway was Iowa. Yep. Hawk was Ohio State. Same draft, right? Same draft. Yeah. I believe they're in the same draft. That's yeah. why. So, uh, yeah. Um, this is State of the Vikings Offense Thursday, where we do deep dives into the current state of things. And uh, later on in the show, I'll give you guys four key offensive stats that I think are fascinating. Maybe you guys will, too. But this is Daily Vikings Entertainment. It's Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. And thanks to those of you who are watching us on the YouTube channel, on a TCL TV. They're delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. All right. Let's play this Mike Zimmer clip that we also had uh, played this on Mackey and Judd. And then we got done with the show. We literally called an audible for what we were going to do on the state of the offense. Like, we we were going to do something totally different, and then Declan kill. had this clip for us. Kill, 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 kill. In fact, you might say that we deviated from our scripted plays, oh. and we were improvisational. And we said, this is such an interesting clip. We have to lead Purple Daily with this, okay? Uh, I gave the coaches a lot of um, projects to do this week on Monday, and um, so, um, you know, I think – Probably being a little bit more specific coming out of halftime instead of saying, hey, these are the plays that we're thinking about running and, and you know, be, all right, here's what we're going to run. This first play, here's the second play, here's the third play, and we go from there. Is it almost like a self-scout that you might do during a pie week? Yeah, we, we just did a little bit early. We just, I just felt like, you know, it was important to figure out what's going on here. Okay, so he is essentially saying we need to script the first X amount of plays coming out of the gate in the second half, which is what offenses do largely in the first half. You got the whole week to prepare. You kind of know what the defense is going to throw at you, and you can sort of plan accordingly. 
And he's saying, all right, we need to go back to the drawing board here. Let's let's not do the self-scout. Let's not wait till the bye to do the self-scout. Let's do it now going into the Carolina game. What did you make of that comment? Not about the self-scouting. Like I, 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 I think that's a pretty common thing to do for all teams. But what did you make of Mike Zimmer essentially saying, we need to script the second half plays like we would the first half? Boy, I took away from that. And I did some checking. And by the way, that's not the norm. Like, I'm sure it's been done before, okay? So I'm not saying this would be the first time in the history of the pigskin that a series of plays in the second half has been scripted. But it's highly unusual to be to have a sheet to start the second half because your play caller has to go by game flow. Like, like you, the, the reason why you can dic- that you can dictate and script the first 15 plays is you could sit there on Wednesday and dictate that. And then and then you get to see what the defense gives you, and it gives you ideas for the next 15 plays, right? I mean, it's all about the flow. I mean, this is not youth football with children playing. These are professionals. And so you get into the flow of the game, and you do it by flow and gut feel. And um, my problem with what he said there is I feel that it's very much, again, in the regimented way of Zim, especially offensively that we're going to find a way to get this right. And instead of it being like, uh, what's the best way? He thinks to himself, well, our first 15 plays are working right because they are working. They look good. Why not the first 15 plays of the second half? So I just think, you know, my frustration with Mike going back now to 2014 is offensively, there's just too much intolerance for that side of the ball where there should be curiosity, where there should be, I'm the head coach, let's get this fixed. Um, I also don't like the way that he put it of, you know, I had the offensive coaches do, dude, you're the head coach. Like you're in on this, right? Not I had, I'm, I'm delegating. Uh, so yeah, I just, it strikes me as another just start of the, in, in the DeFilippo way, right? That was, we got to run more. This is, I'm frustrated with this. So we're going to script more. I see it being the same hmm. type of trend and I don't like it. So I'm I'm in partial agreement with you based on like how that clip sort of landed with me. I'm not going to rip Mike at all for trying to find solutions. I do I do find it funny though that whenever he talks about defense, it's we, and whenever he talks about offense, it's more of a they thing, right? It's like actually, can you actually play that clip one more time, mm-hmm. Declan? I want to. Maybe I'm hearing it wrong, but did he sort of refer to the offensive staff as they? Let's. I want to hear this one more time. Uh, I gave the coaches a lot of um, projects to do this week on Monday. And um, so, um, you know, I think probably being a little bit more specific coming out of halftime instead of saying, hey, these are the plays that we're thinking about running and, you know, be, all right, here's what we're going to run. This is the first play, here's the second play, here's the third play, and we go from there. Almost like a self-scout that you might do during a pie week? Yeah, we, we just did a little bit early. We just I just felt like you know it was important to figure out what's going on here. All right, so he didn't say they, but it, it just it always feels like there's a disconnect, so I was wrong on that. But here's, here's my main takeaway. The biggest problem with this offense is not whether they're, like, scouting in the right way throughout the week and – this offense from a play calling and even from a quarterback standpoint lacks improv skills. 
everything's got to be perfectly crafted, scripted. Offensive line's got to provide protection, right? If everything is perfect, if you've if you've called the right scripted plays to start the game and you've planned that for three days, and if Kirk gets protection, this offense hums. But if the defense makes an adjustment and they start getting some pressure and then the scripted plays are over and the play calling has to go more to feel, everything breaks down. And the numbers would bear that out. The Vikings are one of the worst second-half teams offensively in the NFL, and we'll get to more of those numbers later in the show. But that's not – like the Vikings are on this quest – to try and sculpt and craft and script everything to their liking offensively. Well, now we're going to script the plays in the second half. And if we can just get perfect protection and it's like, watch the best teams in the NFL, the Josh Allen, Buffalo bills, you know, the chiefs are off to a tough start, but the chiefs, the last two and a half years, it's not perfect scripted plays and protection. Like it's Sandlot football. A lot of times, right? It's Josh Allen on the run to his right hair on fire, throwing a ball 40 yards down the field. It's, you know, it's Lamar Jackson with eight guys dropping back into coverage, having to sort of sidearm throw. Uh, you know, it's it's not going to be perfect. So they can try and script the second half plays all they want to, and they can try and, you know, they can, you know, they should be trying to protect Kirk Cousins because that's where he's the best. But I just worry that this team, from a play-calling standpoint and from just really in every, everything that has to do with the, the passing game standpoint – that they're just not good enough when things aren't perfectly curated and scripted. You have to be great off script in the NFL if you want to do some damage in the playoffs. And, like, that's a big reason why this team doesn't. But that's inexcusable. Like, back in the day when you had uh, a Ponder throwing to Aroma Shadu and Michael Jenkins, and, and AP was great, but, I mean... Then I get it. Okay, there's some problems here. Like the passing mm-hmm. game, it's it, it's hard to it, it's hard. It's hard because these guys all sort of stink, or they're washed up. In Jenkins' case, um, we're talking about a team with arguably some of the best skill position players in the league. Mm-hmm. In the league, Justin like, Jefferson. You- like, do you do we really think? And, and this is what I'd love to delve down and know. And we're not going to find out. Do you guys really think that Clint Kubiak said to himself, Justin Jefferson at halftime, five catches? for 104 yards. Yeah, but he's covered too much. He's covered too much. And by the way, if I can't get it to Jefferson, I've got Thielen and KJ Osborne, who's also very good. Do you really think that he said consciously during halftime and then into the third quarter, I'm going to go away from that because they just don't give us that. This is where I, I would love to know who's in charge. here. I would love to know who is making the call because just quickly, you guys, I'm going to give you the first uh, possession of the third quarter for the Vikings offense in all five games. And I'm not going to give you points because there's only three. I'm going to give you plays, okay? Plays. First quarter. So these are the plays now that we're, that are going to be scripted, and it's going to fix everything, right? Um, seven plays to open the, the third quarter against the Bengals. Cardinals game, four plays. Seattle game, 16 plays and a field goal. 16 plays and a field goal. And the last two games, including one against the Detroit Bleeping Lions, three plays apiece. That's, those are your opening drives. I'll take the 16. Well, yeah, you will take the 16. You'd like a touchdown off the 16. But the point being is, I just want to know who's in charge here and who's doing what here. And on the subject of Kubiak, 
I would also like to talk about the fact that you put a 34-year-old who has no, I don't think he's called plays in his life before. I don't think he called plays in grade school recess football. And it's not his fault. He just hasn't. Um, he's calling plays. Like, what What are we doing here with the team that was expected to pop and be good? And to my point is, and this is, and this is a credit to Rick Spielman, has the personnel pieces in place to be dynamic? We've seen it on the opening drive of the game. Yeah, well, again, I'm I'm all for a self-scout. I'm all for self-evaluation. I'm even all for temporarily, if you need to just quickly in the 12 minutes of halftime, script five or ten plays, hey, this is what's working. I'm all for that. I just don't know if it solves the overarching problem that the Vikings, when they aren't scripted and when things aren't perfectly protected, they can't move the ball. That's just That's sort of been the reality of this offense. You know, they can't move the ball through the air. And uh, they haven't been as good in late-game situations the last few years when things start to break down and the defense starts to get pressure. Like, people just think automatically, oh, well, they're double-covering Justin Jefferson and yeah. the defense is getting pressure, therefore you're not supposed to be able to do it. Do you think the Baltimore Ravens went into that game the other night at home against a pretty bad Colts team and said, all right, um, by the way, a Baltimore team that I think had run for 100 yards in an NFL record number of games, or was it like 45 straight games or something, yeah. 100 yards rushing? Do you think they went into that game and said, all right, we're going to throw the ball 45 times for 400-some yards? No. The game flow dictated that, oh, we need to make an adjustment here and do something that's a little bit different. So let's, like, they didn't script that, right? No, oh, of course And, not. of course, Lamar Jackson is one of the more right. uh, mobile quarterbacks in the history of football, so it's just right. different. Like, you're, Kirk's not going to move like that. I get it. But they're just like, Baltimore said, we're going to go from the Joe Flacco offense to the Lamar Jackson offense. And even then, within, within the Lamar Jackson offense, we're going to make tweaks and be more pass-heavy when we need to run heavy. It's like, with this offensive staff and Kirk, it's just one gear. If you don't get protection and a play-action game and scripted plays, you don't score points, and it's unfortunate. And the, the ridiculous thing about that, again, is the people around Kirk. The people around Kirk are very capable. The people around Kirk are damn good. That's the frustrating thing is if you can't produce second-half points against the Detroit Lions with the, with the skill position players that the Vikings have, you're lost. All hope is lost. Like, that's inexcusable. That's not a, well, that defense was pretty stout. That defense is, they were banged up and they stink to begin with probably. And you don't score points and you look as feeble as they do. And, and the, so where I'm going to also call BS on Mike is this too. So Mike is like, wait, we got to go back to the drawing board. We're doing a self scout, which I do, Phil, I'm with you in theory is good. My concern with Mike is I've seen this, I've seen this play before from Mike and it's often a blame game play. We're not running enough. It, it starts with that, right? We got to run better. And then it's, we got to run more. Um, where I'm going to call BS on this entire thing and where I'd like to poke some holes is, is the clip that we played, which caused Phil to almost pass out on Monday, where Mike essentially took responsibility as far as, as saying at the end of the first half, with the ball on R19, I called for a run play. It didn't work. And after that, it was hopeless. Yeah. When when you actually, if I'm not mistaken, had more time on the clock when that drive began than you did for the drive that you got the field goal to win the game. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not going to go after – when Mike gets to a podium and is like says, I shouldn't have to explain this, but I will. Here's what I was doing. 
I'm not going to say this is all a Clint problem. Like, like that Mike told on himself a bit there. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I come back to that. How much of this is Mike trying to get Clint to do what he wants? And you know what, Phil? Clint's 34. Is Clint going to go into Mike's office on Monday and be like, Mike, this is BS. We got, no, of course he's not. Gary might, a veteran coach might. Clint has no authority to do that. So I, I think this is much more in the weeds than than we think when it's like, I'm just having Clint and his staff do a self-scout. Yeah. Mike wants to know, why isn't this horse running faster? And yet he's like yanking on the reins, like pulling the horse back. <laughs> he's got the at the end of, on it. So yeah. we need to score more points. But we also need to run the ball into the middle of the field and run the clock out with 40 seconds left and two timeouts. Like, dude, you can't have it both ways. So, all right. Football. I've got four what I think are very interesting, telling, paint-a-picture offensive stats about the Vikings uh, so far through five games. We'll get to random Viking of the week as well. But, Judd, I mean, you're pretty much scripting a weight loss plan right now with your friends at Livia. So maybe you're being a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to uh, your disdain for scripting things. I don't no, know. No, no. I am scripting a weight loss plan with, with my friends at the Livia Weight Control Centers, Phil Mackey, because I know my limitations. I know what I can do well and what I can't do well. You know what I am, you guys? A systems weight loser. Okay. So I'm not like cousins. I can't just unleash. I'm Dilfer, man. You can't I'm just free. You can't just freelance and go get a you salad. You know what happens when Judd when Judd is told, "Here is a fridge full of food. You do what you think is best." Judd gets fat, and when Judd consults his friends and says, "What should I do?" and they give him a game plan, and yeah, he checks down sometimes. But guess what? It also works. I am, as Phil just said, taking off those pandemic pounds, down nine pounds in week one back in today. I'm hoping I'm down five more or so. I Mm. I feel good. Uh, I think my face, if you're checking us out right now on your Yeah, you're down a chin there. I think I'm down a a chin. The beard could come off pretty soon. I'm not kidding you. But, yeah, I feel better. I, I feel good. And here is the best part. If you join now, you get your first 10 weeks for free. A limited time offer. All you have to do, go to Livia.com. That is Livia.com. Or you can call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Become like me. Become a systems weight loser. Get those pandemic pounds off because the pandemic was was the end of my being in decent shape. And now I'm feeling better thanks to the folks at Livia. Love it. Also, a shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, just make sure that you've got systems in place for risk management, whether it's fire prevention plans or whether it's pandemic plans, because we're still, you know, we're still sitting here 18 months into this thing and businesses are still affected. Uh, find out about all the resources you can get your hands on as a business owner at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Football. All right. Four key, interesting, compelling, storytelling offensive stats here. All right. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. So second half scoring, how bad is it? Here's the first one. The Vikings are 28th in second half scoring. They're averaging eight points per second half. Dallas, by the way, averages 18 points per second half. So. Wow. So th- so that, that takes out. So that that's the offensive points then. Yeah. And, uh, actually, that's a good question. Or is that the defensive points as well? 
it might. I think it's just offense. Okay. Yeah. They, but it might include the pick six. I'm not. I, I'd have to go see. Oh no! Actually, it does. I found it. It does. Okay. They, so that makes it even worse. Offensively, thirty-five offensive points in the second half of the five games so far. So seven points. Seven. So they their offense is providing you with seven points. Thank you very yeah. much, Greg Joseph. It's even worse at home. It's five points per second half at home, last in the NFL. They are the worst second half scoring team at home in the NFL. So uh, we've already we've already gone yeah, over I, that one ad nauseum. So I'll get to the second one here. <laughs> Key offensive stat number two: mm-hmm. conservative offense. I wanted to dive in. Like how can you know, how conservative is the offense? Is it just a bunch of us drinking beer and saying, "Hey, you need to throw the ball down, throw the ball deep." Throw the ball deep. That's what I do. Alex Boone's like, it's kind of an amateur take just to say throw the ball deep. But, like, yeah, they need to, they probably do need to throw the ball deep. So here's the numbers, all right? Yep. I've got, like, a few numbers all within this bin of conservative offense. So if you just stop on the surface, the Vikings are eighth in the league in pass attempts. So you'd look at, I think they were, like, fifth on the bottom last year. So you'd look at that and say, well, what do you mean? They're, they're throwing the ball. That's the eighth most, most pass attempts. Yep. They're, you guys, this is a... Faulty narrative, right? <laughs> right. Let's dig a little deeper. Intended air yards per pass attempt. All right? And I explained this on Mackie and Judd. I'll explain it again. So when you throw a ball, you know, let's say uh, your targeted receiver is 10 yards down the field and the ball sails 18 yards over his head or something. Like What they're saying is you tried to throw it 10 yards in the air to Adam Thielen. Right. So intended air yards per attempt. The Vikings rank 30th in the NFL this season. Thank you. Only 6.6 yards per air attempt. The Ravens lead the NFL at 10.5. So, again, is it scheme? Is it Kirk Cousins not wanting to throw the ball down the field? I know some people are going to shout, it's protection. He doesn't have time to throw it 10 yards down the field. Well, it's not. not Sometimes that's true, but the Vikings have actually been uh, formidable in pass protection this year. They're like 21st in, in pass protection this year in terms of uh, at least holding up for two and a half seconds. Three or five games, right, Phil? Because I, I think the pass protection was weak against the Bengals and it was yep. definitely suspect against the Browns. But yep, I think but it was in fine the other the three Lions. games, it's fair to say that that's not been the problem. Yep. Um, so they're not throwing the ball in the air. They're 30th in throwing the ball in the air. So depth of target, basically. All right. The Vikings are 24th in average yards after catch per completion. So they're averaging only four and a half yards after the catch per completion. The Browns lead the NFL at seven, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so again, I look at that and I'm like, okay, is that scheme? Are they are the are the route designs not designed to get a guy on the run coming across the field, Justin Jefferson, right? Or is it Adam Thielen is washed up and isn't getting separation. Like, there's any number of things that play into this, but it's very interesting that they're just not getting many yards after the catch. And then I'll give you this one. This is all within conservative offense, right? On second and long, the Vikings are one of the three most run-heavy teams in the NFL, which puts them in third and long a lot. When you're on, when it's second and long, eight and more, and you run the ball, unless you're running for large chunks, which you know sometimes they do. You're going to be in third and long a lot as well. So, uh, but the, the 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 depth of target thing is interesting. Well, they throw the ball a lot conservatively. Yeah, that's um, so, so. There's two stats that, as service stats, mislead you. One is Cousins' attempts and completions. 
uh, because that makes it seem like, well, they're doing plenty of passing. And the other is Justin Jefferson, who's like sixth in the league in receptions, which is great. And you're like, oh, Justin Jefferson's catching plenty of balls. Judd, what are you talking about? But yeah, when you peel apart the stats and actually start to explore them, it's intriguing. And, and I think the thing is, again, this comes down, this starts with one thing, the eye test. What are we seeing? What are we seeing? Because that Detroit game was a great eye test game. Because yep. it, it was one half of, oh, my God, this is really good. This is impressive. Justin Jefferson, great game. And then it just went away. Um, yep. So if, if you just if you just pull up the stats and you're like, well, look at these stats. On the surface, yes, they look fine. But what they don't tell is they don't tell the story of what's really going on in the Vikings' home. We don't know. As a family, when they go out, they go to church all dressed up. They seem happy. It's like the Vikings family's doing great. Look at how great they are. When they dad's get home, cheating on mom. And, oh, and dad gets a and dad Sit. gets dad gets the wine out. Oh, when dad gets the wine out, kids better go close the door and nobody better make a racket. Nobody better make a racket or else there's gonna be problems. And mom's like, what's going on? The family is falling apart. That's the Viking story. Oh man. Judd just painted a picture of like a like a stressed out nineteen fifties American yes. family there or something. Right? Yeah. Um right. all right, failed so this is the third one of the four key offensive stats. Let's talk about failed completions. Well, does it make sense? If a completion, if it's a completion, how can it be failed? You're completing a pass, right? So Football Outsiders tracks how meaningful each team's pass completions are. A lot of people just stop at Look at the completion percentage, or look how many passes they're completing, right? Football Outsiders goes deeper and says, all right, let's weed out the meaningful completions from the ones that are hollow. So their formula is, on first down, a play is considered a success if it gains 45% of the needed yards. They're looking for you to advance the, the ball forward to set yourself up for the next down, right? So and, and by the way, that's the same if it's 10 yards to go or if it's 20 yards to go. If it's 20 yards to go, for it to be a successful play, you got to get 45% back to set yourself up on second down. You got to be more aggressive when it's when it's longer yardage, right? So 45% of needed yards on first down, uh 60% of needed yards on second down, and then on third or fourth down, you need to get a first down for it to be a successful play. And again, the people are going to shout out, well, what about third and 20? Like, what are you supposed to do? Well, yeah, but it's the same for everybody. It's not like the Vikings are being judged on one set of criteria and everyone else is being judged on another. So who are the early leaders in failed completions so far this season? So receptions that stop short of a successful play. And you know what? I'm not even going to name quarterbacks. I'm going to give you teams because I think this could be a quarterback thing. It might be a scheme thing. Why are you calling a screen pass on third down and 18? Like... Doesn't make any sense, right? Yes. The Giants are number one with 45 fail completions. The Falcons are number two with 42 fail completions. The Vikings are number three with 40 failed completions. That's 40 completed passes. Yeah, they're really conservative, and they aren't helping you. When you throw a bubble screen on third and 16, like... Yeah. Yeah, that's a team problem. Yeah, that's a team problem. But then again, if you're Kirk and you're throwing a check down on, you know, a second and 14 or something, you know, they're... I don't know exactly who's to blame. Right. It feels like a systematic, probably a, some quarterback, maybe some protection. But right. it's very telling that a lot of the Vikings' passing numbers are very hollow through the first five games. Again, with your arsenal, that should not happen. Like, I, I think that's the fairest thing to say. I, yeah. I don't know if it's Kubiak, Zimmer, uh, Cousins, a combination probably. But with that arsenal, that's awful. 
When you put the quarterback names in here, here's the list, and I'll extend it out even further. It's kind of an incriminating list. Like Matt Ryan's not incriminating, but he's old. And the Falcons are he's they don't have as many weapons. He's gotten a little bit incriminating. Yeah. Daniel Jones, That's Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Ugh. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff. Yeah. Those are the seven leaders on this list. Interesting. A lot yeah. of guys that you would look at and say, uh, I don't know. On that list, I will say this. With the way he's playing, Kirk is the guy who doesn't belong. Yeah. You would think. Right, but I'm, I'm saying, like, if, if you said, who's the biggest surprise of the names that you just ran through mm-hmm. in 2021, Kirk is. Yeah, and I so just a quick take on that. I think Kirk is playing better in these first five games, certainly than he did in the first five games last year. The interceptions are way down. He's been mostly really good late when they need him. Like, dude, we need a field goal to win this game. Please save us. You know, he, he, did, he did it against the Cardinals. They missed it. Did it against the Lions. But I also think... This is a great illustration of why his numbers tend to be hollow sometimes, right? That he's completing a pass for you, and his completion percentage goes up, and his and his yardage goes up, but it didn't move the chains, or it didn't sure. get you far enough to you know set your set yourself up on but, third down or something. But if you're going to do a self scout, which Zim claims that they did this week, don't you have to then include Kirk and say, Kirk, we we know that you can do more here. Yeah, like, there has to yeah. be encouragement of, like, Big Ben, it's just sort of over. Like, it's like, Ben, if you can complete a password. Yeah, he looked pretty good this days. last weekend. But I'm just saying, I think it's sort of <laughs> done there. Carson Wentz, I've lost faith in completely. I just don't, I don't see for it for 400 yards. He for 400 yards. Just, what but, more do you want from uh, Yeah, okay, talk about hollow again. <laughs> I saw enough. Cooked as a $2 but, steak. But with Kirk, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, but like, JR. Yeah. <laughs> where's the empowerment? Where's the Kirk? You've got 18, you've got 19, you've got Osborne, you've got you've got a lot of weapons here, man. Yeah. Like let's go on these plays. Hollow completions um in a game that's still close aren't really all that acceptable in my opinion for this team. And the fourth of four key stats here, four key okay. offensive stats, state of the Vikings offense Thursdays. Third and long. Let's talk about third third and long here. The Vikings offense has been in third and long, and I'm defining that as seven or more. So third and long, third and seven or more. More than all but two teams. So they've already seen 39 third and long situations this year. So they've been in third and long more than almost any other team in the NFL. What's kind of amazing is they're successful on 36% of their third and longs. And that is a credit to Kirk and the offensive line. Because on third and long, they know you're going to pass. You don't get the benefit of play action when it's third and nine or third and twelve, right? Like you got to throw, you got to throw a pass, and they're probably going to pressure you. Yep. So the the fa- the fact that they're successful on thirty six percent of third and longs, there's a lot of teams. Aren't there going to be teams that aren't successful on thirty six percent of third downs? Period. This year, sure. so they've done a pretty good job. But like that is so many third and longs. They need to stop putting themselves in third and long. And part of it is the conservative nature of their first and second down. But what does that tell philosophy. you? That tells you in second and long. They're running. It's not working. You can you can throw the ball, but but I, let's go, it's, go it's, dude, it's ridiculous. Go back. And I'm and just a, I'm just a guy on his couch with like some websites that I can find numbers on, and I can tell you that some of their philosophies are broken. Go but. back and watch the third and, and longs, the completions too. They're really nice plays, and they're caught by guys who are really good. 
And yeah. Kirk can make those throws. So like what so so the self scout should ask one question. Why are you running? Which is I don't think a Kirk thing. Why are you running on second and long? If you can be successful with a pass where everybody knows it's coming, yeah. at least on second down, teams for at least three more weeks are, go, are going to say the Vikings are going to run here, right? Like this is reason on second down, second short or second long to open up the playbook. Yeah. So I, I actually think a lot of this goes far more into the coaching room here and includes Zimmer too. I am not going to say, oh, it's not on Mike. It's on Clint Kubiak. I think this goes far more into what the coaches need to do, not as far as scripting the second half. Adjust your mindset, guys. Adjust your minds. Open it up. So I'll take a deep breath. Pass more often. You know it could help, actually. I mean, maybe maybe uh, take a load off and crack a surly. Oh, yeah, get get, get some more creative juices flowing. Are you okay. talking about my favorite beer can on the face of the earth? The oh, Surly you Farious damn right beer I can IPA. You if it wasn't right. eleven fifty when when we're recording this, I'd be drinking one right now because this That's is right. the IPA if, that revolutionized. If, if, if you were at an airport right now, you could have started yep. drinking right. five hours ago. Yeah, it's my plan next oh, week. Oh, and it's been done before. It's, it's been done week. before. But I'm going to tell you right now. So it's Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we record this, well, you got Thursday night football tonight. You got the Vikings on Sunday. Heck, you got the Gophers on Saturday. The only combination that's going to be good with that on your couch or at the stadium, a Surly Furious IPA. It is my favorite beer. It should be yours. And I do appreciate all of you who send me your pictures on Twitter. Jay Zolgad, I got one last night of your can of Surly Furious. As Phil Mackey says, Phil, show us your cans. Show us right your now. cans. Hey. Right now. Um, all right. It's time for the random Viking of the week here. Declan. One of our favorite featured segments every single week. So Declan, he's back on the board. Judd leads 8-2 to two on the season here in random Viking of the week. But Declan's got some momentum going. He, get, he won last. In. Let's not. Yep. A couple weeks ago. No. We didn't do it last week because I was traveling. But A full back pull. That's different. Right, are you guys? Are you guys ready? So so far, our random Viking of the week, we've had Tavares Jackson, Kelly Campbell, Leroy Horde, Jerome Felton, you know Hussein Abdullah, TJ Clemmings, Bernard Berrien, Aaron Henderson, Rich Gannon, and Tony Richardson. Right now, I am scripting my answers. All right. First 15. This random Viking of the week yeah. went to college in the Big Ten. Big Ten guy. This random Viking of the week... I think it's fair to say if you walked into a public place in Minnesota, almost everybody would know who he is, would recognize him. So, you know, like if Kelly Campbell walked into a bar, I don't know how many people would, like, know who he is. Bernard Berrien? Some people might know. Does he, does this... Yeah, you random... can ask me questions. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to ask you down. You guys each get three incorrect guesses, too. I, I got say. a hankering. Did you say he played? He went to college in the Big Ten. He went to college in the Big Ten. I'll yeah, take no. I'll take a stab just right now. Love it, Brock Lesnar. Oh my God! Oh! What? Just like Tomas. Are you serious? Oh, what? How? How? The recognizable thing. <laughs> the recognizable thing. Any Minnesota would, would recognize him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That Dude, what? Awesome. 
You've done the same thing that you did it with Tavares Jackson after one clue. That's a ri- that's ridiculous. I w- I'll give you the rest of the clues just to just so you can see him. where this is going. No, I don't want to hear him. him. You don't so want him? A- no, I want to hear him. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Go ahead. Uh, no. Awesome. Well, I was going to tell you that he has four children: Maya, Luke, Duke, and Turk. Did you guys know that? That no, Brock but, Lesnar's but kids are Luke, Duke, and Turk. That sounds like a Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> just meat and potatoes. Turk, you said, right? Turk. Okay. Luke, Duke, and Turk. All, hey, all future wrestlers, it sounds like. Dude, that is wow. I don't even know what to Dude, say. Dude, that's, that's well, was one was Tavares one clue or two deck? One. One clue. Wow. So you've got three so you've gotten two of your wins through three clues. So Declan's efficiency rate is very never, good here. Boomer so bust. I never, I never thought about the answer being a Viking who didn't play a game but just went to camp. But that's a great poll. Dex, I think I think you should pat yourself on the back and make sure that one gets up on the uh, score was, socials oh, yes, across you, the board today. It's already there. It's, it's already one there. of the one of the great it's a, performances. Dude, you don't have to tell Declan. He <laughs> put his God. win from from T. Rich on there. That's right. He ain't gonna miss this one. <laughs> so I gave, What's funny is I was my first clue was gonna be that he's six foot two, listed at six two, two hundred eighty six pounds. But I'm like, that's I don't know. That narrows it down. So I, I I told you he went to college in the Big Ten. And that he's recognizable. So yeah, that's two pretty guesses. amazing. Two guesses. I yeah, guess. but I didn't even say he went to school at Minnesota. I gave. Yeah, you, I said the Big Ten. There's 14 schools. The Minnesota factor was like, oh, I think this. You, that's what. It, that, I, yeah, you know what De- Dex sense. did? What Dex did? Cousins to Osborne, 64 yards, <laughs> second play against the Cardinals. That's what that was. That's a shocker. Like you just threw a deep, and it got caught. That's great. Brock. Yeah, you, you wrestling geeks. All right, that's a wrap here on this edition of Purple Daily Skeer Daily tomorrow, boys. Vikings. Skeer tomorrow. Livia.com. Suplex City. <laughs> Quit rubbing it in our faces. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Four <laughs> Question Friday.